The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, buddy. Don't forget, there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on lastpodcastmerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like... Wizard and the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space and of course plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com Thank you. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to Kind of Fun. I am Ben Kissel, joined by Katie Dirks. And today we are honored to have with us WWE champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley. Thank you so much for being on the show, Mr. Lashley. It's good to be on. What an unbelievable journey you've been on. Katie and I have been doing a deep dive on some of your interviews and going through some of your history. My God, man, you have busted your ass to get to where you are. I don't even know how to really start that conversation, but maybe just from WWE champion to where you were even just last year, how do you feel right now holding the strap, uh, knowing that WWE says, dude, you are the man, you can carry the load, we (laughs) trust you. How does that make you feel? Well, you know what? Well, first of all, let me tell you this. A quick little story before that. Um, Right before getting on, I told my kids, I'm driving the car with my kids. And I was like, man, I'm going to be on this really cool podcast. And they did something on me before. And uh, my my son's really big into podcasts. So he was like, man, I got to check it out. I got to check it out. So we pull it on. And I think it was a similar intro. And then you said something. And then I think it's Katie or the the host. (laughs) She goes, yeah, I read the headlines. Bobby wins world title, and I immediately roll my eyes. Oh, <laughs> Katie! <laughs> Katie, unbelievable! Here's the thing: I was so nervous to hear that you were coming on, and I was like, "Oh no, I feel like I didn't." Oh no! <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, I take yeah, it, it was, all back. I take well, it, all it was. Back. She rolled her eyes in pure <laughs> orgasmic joy, and that's the difference. Because the rolling of the eyes can mean multiple different things depending on the circumstance. Yes, I was so yes, nervous. Yes. I was like, "Oh no! What have I said?" I mean, honestly, though, that is a funny situation because, you know, wrestling fans will obviously talk about how you feel and all that. But, you know, wrestling fans are 
they are a fickle bunch and they're like mouthy and they all look like me overweight <laughs> probably should yeah. be sitting mostly how the hell do you deal with wrestling fans because they love the sport but i i almost feel like wrestling fans and jets fans are very similar the new york jets jets fans are the meanest of all fans to their own team and wrestling fans are the same way where they're constantly bitching and they watch it for seven hours a week <laughs> just so they can bitch more and have exactly. things to bitch about <laughs> how does i mean how do you how do you deal with that as a uh, as someone who has busted his ass looking great and physically just exhausting yourself and then you have like little putties little just be like, like me over I don't there in the know. corner just listen, running their stupid mouths listen i i love you guys and this is why <laughs> this is why because somebody asked me this before so of course if you guys know you guys know more about wrestling than anyone so there was a time where i had to do something with elias where i had to sing and then throughout <laughs> the time when i was singing the words just kind of lost my mind so i stood there and i was like oh shit. and um Everybody ridiculed me on that. Okay? Yeah. So now I got to look at it from their point of view. This big jacked up guy trying to sing Rock and Robin and he forgets it. It's hilarious. <laughs> so if they're laughing at me, why wouldn't I laugh at me? You know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that I've done in my career that I got to say, you know what? You got to just put yourself in their shoes. And I love wrestling fans because like you said, they watch it. They love it. They need something to bitch about. And if I can give them something, I'll give them something. I mean, yeah, I don't dislike anyone. I enjoy it. And I understand it because, and that's what wrestling is about. There's some people you like, and then there's some people that you don't like, whatever reason it is. For me, just to explain who I am and, and how I was a little different is I just came up a little different. Like I came up with just sports. Some of the guys came up in professional wrestling. Right. So the show part was a big deal. I came up just in sports. So it was always like, if you want some, just work harder and harder and harder and harder. So that was my whole mentality. And it always been throughout my entire career. And it seems like, you know, people don't look and really care about that as much. Right. So right. Uh, you, you can care about it to an extent, but it's more of the show. So how is that transition process? Because I know going from, you know, a team sport where, um, your personality obviously matters. It's really cool, but it's not paramount. The team is what matters yeah. the most, right? right? And then all of a sudden you're catapulted into uh, this very isolating world of professional wrestling, where at the end of the day, you're an independent contractor, you're your own business, and you you run the show for yourself. How was that transition being able to go in front of stadiums filled with rabid fans and actually express who you are as a person because as someone who i've done theater since i was seven years old my first role was a tree uh that is true (laughs) but uh, how was that transition process to like open up and be like this is who bobby is did you explore did you find yourself more when you were performing or was that something you had going in or do you kind of find yourself in the process um, definitely more, um, as it goes on, it's, it's work in progress always. Um, like right now, you know, I've been doing the Meisner technique with the class down here, just kind oh. of learning a different style of, of theater and art. But, um, you know, you always have different people that kind of tell you, all right, let's do this. Let's do that. And you know what? The hardest lesson I had to learn was when I came back. Cause when I came back, I had fought for eight years. So I was like, all right, now I'm even yeah. tougher. Yeah. And then the first thing Vince told me is like, I don't care about any of that. I don't care if you can go beat those guys up. So for me, all the stuff that I did leading up to this, everybody's like, man, you were in some really cringeworthy things. Listen, Vince was wanting me 
to loosen up. And that was the hardest thing for me to do because I've always been like rigid. I'm a soldier. My dad came up, I wrestled and, and I achieved really high things. And then afterwards I went to the military. I'm a single father. So by standard, I mean, I'm, I'm a great person for, for a champion, Absolutely. but we need you to loosen up and just have fun. And that's a hard thing to do because when I came back, you know, I'm thinking I'm a little bit older you know, so if anybody's on a chopping block, it's me. So I got to I got to not look like I am beat up or hurt or anything like that. So I got to stay in great shape um, and then I got to keep up with these guys. Right. So I had all this stuff on top of me. So I was like, just just in and whatever they tell you, to do, just do it. Just do it. And that was a whole mentality. Right. You know, and, and, and it's hard to not want to do that. Because I have kids. It reminds me of that great scene from PCU, that movie that I don't think a lot of people saw, but I did, where Jeremy Piven is living with David Spade. And Jeremy Piven at one point is just screaming at David Spade to go to sleep, go to sleep. And it seems like that same scenario with Vince being like, relax, relax. Relax. But at the same time, the world's on your shoulders and uh, you better stay jacked and don't fuck up in the ring. Relax. Like That is a really difficult thing to decompartmentalize in your yeah. mind to be like, I'm relaxed, but I'm also hyper-focused on what I'm doing. Correct. And the next day, it's like some of the guys, the minute we leave the show, they're on Twitter going like this and like, oh no, he's not going to say that. And they're going back. So now it's like a huge mind. You can mind say fuck. Right, yeah. Okay, mind fuck, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. I need the green light. I need the green light. So so it's like it's like everything. And, and, then, and then you know what? I saw some of the guys I'm sitting at the table with him and then they're like pushing their buttons on their phone. They're like, Oh, he's not going to say that to me. And blah, blah, blah. and they're taking it personal. And I read them and I'm like, well, you know, if that's your point of view, I actually laugh at a lot of them. It doesn't right. bother me. It doesn't yeah. bother me. My check's still coming in the mail. Yeah. I'm still going to bust my ass as hard as I can. Um, so I can't really like internalize everything. And then for me, I watch different shows and I see different shows. I, I'm like, I hate that character. I can't stand that character. I like right. that. Cause that's what we ultimately are. And yes. so I just got to understand that some people don't like me. I can beg for them to like me and I can, I can say nice things and I can right. come on their podcast and maybe they might like me. Um, <laughs> Katie Dirks. I feel, you don't understand the level of guilt that I feel right now. It is just astronomical because the other thing was, is when we heard you were joining us, I was just like, I kind of had a moment. I was like, wait, what like wait what this is amazing are you kidding and then i immediately went like oh no oh no but i will say like when like i I went into like a bobby lashley hole last night and i was watching some of your interviews i was watching some of your old matches and then that guilt got even worse because it's really on me that i should have just like you are so likable and you're such a great (laughs) champion and just like what you just said i was just like that's the champion mentality like you don't need people like me saying stuff or running my mouth uh for whatever my opinions are three thousand miles away on some time zone that doesn't even matter but like it just like you have that champion mentality and it was it's awesome to see you uh at this point i'm thrilled i'm excited i hope i'm not I got another fan. <laughs> yep, she, you got you. You. Like, another convert with you last night, and you just—you're so cool. <laughs> I'm gonna come to you for advice when I do screw up. If I'm moving back into that, <laughs> I don't like Bobby. Bring me back. Just tell me what to do. I will dance. Hey, hey, but check this out. You know what? Here's another thing with this, and and I gotta, and, and this is one thing because I told my kids this um, when I came back. I said, you know what? <clears throat> they need me 
so that they can like their guys more. Sure. Because yeah. if I'm out there, I don't care if you don't like me personally, you don't like me anything, you know I'm a big, dangerous black dude that's in there. Right. That no matter who comes out of that curtain, there's a huge obstacle. And you don't want me to do anything good to that person. Because if I do, you're going to be like, this is bullshit. We want Finn to kick his ass. He can't. <laughs> you know, but if he does, you're happy. And if he doesn't, you're mad. So right. ultimately, I'm exactly what you guys want. I, I'm the heel. And of course, the juxtaposition of, of that is when you uh, destroy somebody like The Miz, where everybody is happy to see The Miz suffer. I have yeah. no problem with it. I take great joy in watching any pain on The Miz's face. Um, so then you also have that angle of it where you're like, oh, my God, he's hurting someone I don't like. I love Bobby Lash. Yes, 100 percent. That's the beauty of it. When it comes to your military experience, has that helped when dealing with people on Twitter, when dealing with people on social media? Has that helped you sort of like tread those waters? Because I would assume that your military experience was much more intense than anyone taking shots at you on social media <laughs> platforms. God, see, now you're going to put me further in that category of a person that you don't like. Um, no, so, not, <laughs> no. This, this, this is why. Listen, every morning when I wake up, I am, I'm, I'm like, I'm that guy that, um, like I always make my bed. It's just cause I heard that one, um, YouTube video where the guy was like, if you want to start your day out, start out by making your bed. Yeah. And he did this whole video and I was like, man, that is beautiful. I love it. So I started doing it. Okay. So then I do that. And then when I wake up, I do my, my morning cardio, I'm listening to motivational stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm putting myself in my little happy bubble. May I ask what are you, what motivational stuff are you listening to truthfully? Because I love, uh, I love to feel encouraged as well. I do a multitude because it's, it's every morning. So it's always something different. Yeah. And you know how YouTube, if they find out what you're listening to, they, they keep pumping you with stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that I listen to. Um, okay. And it's not even one particular person. I like a lot of Les Brown stuff. I okay. even listen to Tony Robbins stuff, but I listen sure. to a lot of um, Ted talks. Yeah. Because there's more, there's different things. That, and, and I try to feed that to my kids. Yeah. So I'm that kind of guy. Awesome. <laughs> so when, when I go into that, I just, I almost like look at it from different points of view. I look at it from a, a, a couple different ones. One, I know a lot of them are bots of guys that are in the locker room with me trying to hate on me. So they can be able to get my spot. That's, wait, so that's wait, a, hold on. Does that happen? Yeah. I'm a hundred percent sure it is. I'm a hundred percent. Oh my God! You know Sammy. Okay with that? You know Sammy Zayn's got a briefcase full of cell phones. Each cell phone has a thousand different Twitters on there. I can see Sammy Zayn just in the shower. Although you know what, the the wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, you know what this this makes this is tracking. This is this tracks. I'm not saying it is. And and when I say that, you got you got several different organizations and 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 thousands of wrestlers. So I'm not saying any particular one, but I'm saying it is a cutthroat business. So any little edge you can get on somebody else. But you know what? I think a lot of times office knows that. Some of these guys think they're getting away with it and they're bitching and complaining. The office knows it. It's like it's some of the things that that you try to do and try to get away with, it's just really not worth it. It's just, you know, put in the time, put in the work, figure out what your character is. Um then you have fun with it. Just have fun. And I think that's the biggest thing is just letting yourself loose and having fun. It's not caring about things. 
I know when Undertaker was speaking about the locker room, he talked a little bit about the changing of the locker room culture and and uh, how he seemed to think it was a little bit more friendly than than back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, maybe early 90s. Um, have you seen a change in sort of just the behind the scenes, uh, how professional wrestlers conduct themselves? Is the business as as crazy cutthroat as it is as it as dark side of the ring would make it seem to be, or is there a little bit more of a, a homogeneous, like we're all in this together. Let's try to go put on the best show attitude now. Like has there been changes in, even in your time? I think there's people that have that attitude of let's make this a good show and let's, let's be on each other's side. But um, even if I said it wasn't cutthroat, I would be lying. Right. And, you right. know, guys are, guys are, they, they always have the thing where they're shaking your hand and, and stabbing you in the back. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not to that extent, but um, if, if I know a lot of guys right now that if they, if I was standing on a stake and they said, all right, all you gotta do is cut Bobby's hand off and you get that title. I know a few of them would be like, all right, and move yeah. on. So you it can is, still it drink is. a beer with the other hand. He'll be fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> but don't tell him. Um, but you know, it, it, that's just, that's just how it is. I think the locker rooms have changed um, because I think a lot of right now, everybody's more friendly. Yeah. So, so everybody's, it's, it's more of a buddy locker room, which is, which is a really cool thing. Cause it's, it's different from before. And it doesn't seem like there's, I don't want to say a hierarchy, but different levels. When, when I was in OVW yeah. to be even coming up to the main roster, I wouldn't even go in the locker room. And when the guys come back, it was like, Hey, you know, Hey, Booker T, Hey, Hey, JBL, you know, and it, you would pay a lot of respect to those guys. Now it's more like a lot of the guys did more independent stuff and they had a name for themselves. So they came right. to NXT and they knew these guys before. So it's almost like everybody's kind of almost all together. And, and then of course, in the COVID era, uh, I would assume, did that bring people together? Because I know obviously WWE had a lot of layoffs. There was a whole bunch of stuff going on, yeah. but Doing shows for nobody, uh, that must have just been so <laughs> insane. Uh, and obviously now we're becoming a slightly more accustomed to it. Things are starting to open up. The massive, um, oh my God, the uh, not the Titan Tron, the, the Thunderdome. Uh, the Thunderdome. <laughs> what was that experience like backstage for you when you're like, oh my God, we are in the middle of a crazy worldwide, very rare situation. And we're going to go on and we're going to perform for people who might currently be out of work, who might be scared shitless, who might just really need something to take their mind away. And and I want to thank you for that and all of the pro wrestlers for that, because wrestling was one of the things that stayed. And some people didn't want it to, but I was like, if they can do this safely, I was so happy to have pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, how was that experience for you? Did you feel more responsibility in a sense to say, hey, man, I know people are suffering right now, but just please take two, three hours out of your day and turn your brain off and have fun watching incredible art uh, in the ring. How was that for you? Uh, well, you know, I, I've been flying back and forth ever since it happened. I mean, every week I fly out there and I just, I kept going. I think a lot of us just kept going. We didn't even skip a beat. You know, we do yeah. like the fans. I, we like the fans personally being in there, but ultimately for the TV purposes, we're always kind of in, in our business playing towards the camera. Right. Even, even though there's so, so that never changed. The one thing that I it, it did kind of trip me out a little bit with the screens, when I went to one of the screens, you know, if you go to a screen, I'm staring at you, you're staring at me. Right. You could be going like this or whatever. Now, are you looking at me 
or are you looking at the camera, looking at me, looking at you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, so. And I have to say this when it comes to the Thunderdome fans, and I've said this since moment one, they need to know they're on camera. And I'm going to need to see more costumes. I saw a man who, who with, with cheese whiz, the whole nine, he's eating burritos, whatever. I'm like, you are on camera. Please, right. Lord, try to perform a little bit, even though you're in your own home. <laughs> Give yourself your own spotlight. You're on camera. Some of them do. There's been some cool ones. Yeah. There's yeah. There's like one. There's like a Becky Lynch cosplayer. I know this because there may or may not have been someone in my household working early on uh, on the audience side. Um, he was like helping produce the crowd. And there's like it's one- not really that much of a lie. You have a dog, a baby, and a husband, Katie. I think we're going to be able to figure out it wasn't the husband or Someone the baby. It was the dog. It doesn't matter. He's not working there anymore. But there was one there, and it was cool to see. It was actually really cool to see all these people in all of these rooms. And some of them, like, there's one woman that's like legit looks like Becky Lynch, just full awesome. on, full cosplay. It's, I don't know. I think they did. I know some obnoxious fans weren't really on board with the screens, but I think it looks so cool. I think it looks it so is. fucking cool. It is cool. I'm, I'm, I like it. I mean, because yeah. it is kind of, because another thing that we're looking at is, is there a time delay? And there is a little bit of a time delay. Right. So the reactions are a little off. So, but ultimately it's, it's cool, man. It's like, yeah. that's what we want to do. We want to be in front of the fans. And yeah. this is an opportunity. But like you said, I think people should get into it. If I'm going to be on TV, I'm going to at least do something. Yeah, <laughs> Do something. Put Whatever it is. <laughs> you know, don't get yourself banned. But my yeah, God. Yeah, don't get banned. No need. <laughs> ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So you got the WWE Championship. Um, to go back to the first question that we started with, man, how do you feel right now as WWE champion? And also maybe, uh, well, I can explain that or we can talk about that uh, for the audience. Mick Foley in his wonderful book, um, I believe it was Three Faces of Foley or uh, Foley is God. One of those talking about how the championship is like winning an Oscar. It's basically the heads of your profession saying you are number one. Can you talk a little bit about what that feels like for you? Obviously, with the Hurt Business, MVP has done a bang up job. Holy hell, the Hurt Business came in. Everyone's like, what's it going to be? And now everyone is strapped up. Can you just talk a little bit about what did that feel for you personally when when you got the push and you're holding this awesome freaking award? History. Um, it it was it was I would say I got to use overwhelming because, yeah. like you said, and, and everybody said, and 
here, here's the biggest thing about it. Just listening to your podcast. I know he's at the beginning, he started out that way, but there was something that you guys said afterwards. You guys said, well, you know what? He does. Man, the dude's been here for six. And then you guys started listening. I've been saying, you know what? He deserves it. And, and that's what I got all last week, which I thought was like really cool because yeah. once you even get something, you know, for somebody to hand you that title, the first thing you're doing is like, how were they going to react to this? Like some yeah. people are like bullshit, man, not him, you know, but it, it was the other way. And some of those people that would have normally like try to like trash me, they were like, you know, what? He, he can, he can, all right, we'll give it to him. He's jacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the cool thing I think about it. Okay. And this is just me being me. Um, I think it's cool because one, I think I do deserve it as far as like the work that I put in. And I, I'm, I'm that kind of guy that for the business, I think anything that they've asked me to do, I just said, you know what? I can do it because it's not me. It's not, I'm not going out there fighting. Mm -hmm. I'm an entertainer. I'm an actor. So if, if I'm putting in a different role, I'm okay with being that role. Now, here's another thing for me being a heel, being a champion and being that person that before you were like, Oh, he can win. He can lose. We really don't care. At this point, you're like, okay, now it makes things a little bit different right? because Drew can't just come out there and beat him up. That's not going to happen. Right. So Bobby can still potentially beat Drew and then you have Brock and then you have all these other guys. So right. if you're really trying to make someone a baby face or something like that to overcome an obstacle of beating me, when you push me the right way and put me as the right person is a big thing for anybody's career. Yeah. If I'm running hard like this and smashing everybody, I just put Braun out. Yeah. So, if I, so that's the level that they put me at. So as a heel and, and somebody that you can look at and say, he is a credible heel, whether I like him or not. Absolutely. He's a credible heel. It's good for anybody else. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you need to get ricocheted to that point, you can get ricocheted to that point. Absolutely. I, I just think right now, and, and it's good for Drew also, because what yeah. else can you do with Drew? He's already flying. He's got the cape on his back. He's he's Fabio <laughs> with the sword. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, <laughs> but but I'm the one dude that can stand up to Drew and you're like, ah, this guy's crazy, but this guy can still whoop his ass. Yeah. Yep. Well, that is so, the awe. And now I'm fantasizing. I'm celebrity booking. I'm calling it the triangle of beef match. Yeah. Uh, let's do Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. That would be a fantastic WrestleMania 37 main event. McIntyre, Lashley, and Lesnar. I'm calling it the triangle of beef. That yeah. sounds incredible. <laughs> if, there has not been there has not been bigger dudes. I can't recall a time where the WWE had stronger heavyweights than right now with you three specifically. And then, of course, uh, adding Braun Strowman into there. There is a lot of talent in the WWE right now. And again, that makes it even more incredible that you got the belt because, you know, people are going to come after you for that. Have you noticed already some people coming, treating you a little bit different, treating you like um, you have something I would like to have, sir? Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of um, I think we have a good feud that we can do between you and I. <laughs> what? You know, here, let me tell you. That what you said with me, Brock, and, and Drew. Yeah. Let's think of a couple of different scenarios. Do I get Brock in the lock? Oh my goodness. Yes, I please. would hope so. I, I want to see so. I want to see you tear oh, Brock limb to limb. <laughs> Same goes or, for Drew. Or does Brock hit Drew in F5 as he stands up? I spear Brock. Woo! Dude, there are so many great possibilities. That would get such a pop. 
That would get such a pop. Does Drew hit me with the Claymore, turn right around to the F5, and Brock walk away with it? No. I would be so mad. There are so many great possibilities <laughs> with that match. Do I get Drew in the lock and Brock kisses both with the F5? Oh, <laughs> my God. so fun. <laughs> this is, I love fantasy booking this match. You know what the cool thing about it is um, me and Drew can have a really physical match, without a doubt. Yeah. And Drew can be added into anything. But what you said before, and I love with with what's going on right now and what's developed on Raw, is that yeah. you do have a lot of horses, a lot of monsters on there. That you're yeah. like, any one of these guys, and I, here I can I can list off five people right off the top of my head that you can put that title on and be strong components. Me, Drew, Sheamus, AJ, Brock. Uh, yeah, I can, I can I can go down. I can even go further than that. Because there's other guys that you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, well, but but yes, you have to. They're all the way down there. And and, and, it, and it keeps going. So it's really cool that there's a lot of different mix-ups that can happen with it. And right. that title, for once, it doesn't have to stay on one person. Because, yes, Drew can have a really good day. But there's no reason why Drew can't get beat by Sheamus. Because mm-hmm. him right. and Sheamus have been going hard. Yeah. Then Brock gets added into the element. And Braun is still Braun. Braun yeah. can rip you, rip you completely apart. AJ's still phenomenal. He has so many things that he can do. Keith Lee is a big boy yes. that can really do some big stuff that yeah. can be thrown right into that mix with anyone. So there's a lot of people. And we and I haven't even I haven't even talked about like, you know, the Lias is coming in there and then the ricochets coming in there um, just to mix things up. So I think right now we've taken that time of the pandemic of at one, I think for once developed a lot of different stars that we really can do something with mm-hmm. right now, because before everybody was like, yeah, Bobby, he's, he's, like you guys said before in the last pocket, well, he, he does got big muscles and he does run. He runs. Yeah. I could have sworn. I was like, that's Bobby Lashley. That mother's jacked. Yep. Was Katie was drinking but, her margarita. <laughs> but, but now Bobby Lashley is the Bobby Lashley that you, that you said, he has the potential. I was Mr. Potential for the last 15 years. Right. Yeah. But now the potential is actually let out. So now they allow me to be as dangerous as I am. So now it's like, now you have Bobby, Drew, Seamus, Braun, AJ. The Fiend is still over there. I Randy Warren. The I can't even believe that I, I forgot those two because they were in a feud on the other side. Yeah. Randy's up there. Randy had more titles than everybody combined. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said in another um, interview, I think Randy right now is like at like at a ridiculous level right now as far as like entertainment and his work rate and what he does. So him, the Fiend is always the most dangerous person because nobody really has stopped the Fiend. No. So there's just so many different people that you can throw right in that mix of that heavyweight title. But for right now, give, give me at least one solid year. Absolutely. That did you have your kids enjoyed wearing the championship belt around the house? They have. They have. Hell yeah. They have. Um, Yeah. And my son didn't even know anything about it. His mom used to wrestle. So she had known and she sent me a message. She asked me if if I wanted to tell him. And I was like, I was like, yeah, don't tell him because it it was late and he had to go to bed. He usually watches the next day when I get home. So I was like, no, don't tell him. Let me just pick him up and meet him. 
Oh my God. That's so awesome. He must've been so, he must've been so proud and so impressed. That must've been an incredible feeling to be able to uh, be like, yeah, yeah, your father's the champion. Now go behave. (laughs) (laughs) Stop being so bad all the time, please. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Keith Lee, just the, there was a wonderful little docuseries on Keith Lee that I watched. I think it was Chronicle or WWE 24. And you know, some of the struggles and trials that he had had to go through when you see young, specifically black men uh, and women coming through and getting treated with a level of respect that, that I don't think was always there with the WWE or pro wrestling in general. Um, do you feel like you have helped pave that way? Because you're the only, the third African-American champion, which is pretty nuts considering the amount of talent that the WWE has had. Uh, do you feel like you've helped pave the way for people like Keith Lee or Bianca Belair? Um, just a series of unbelievable talent that is, yeah. you know, really breaking now. Yeah, I would hope to say so, um, because and, and mainly because of my first run, because like there was a couple guys that I worked with over the last couple of years and they were like, you know what? I watch you and I don't say it. <laughs> I watched you when I was in high school. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> the worst is like my mom is your biggest fan. And it's like, oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so and some of them said, you know what? I, I watched you when you were coming up and I, and I loved it. And I was like, man, that, that made me feel good. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, it is. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like I said before, is like wrestling is one of those shows where we try to have somebody for everyone. If you watch that show, you can relate to someone yeah. and you can dislike someone because we always have that person that, that, you know, you don't like, and that person that you know, that you can kind of relate to. And, and yes, I am a different character. I'm a character where I'm not necessarily like the Kurt Angle drinking milk, you know. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like God. That. So Kurt Angle was so underrated for his comedic abilities. He, that dude was funny as hell. <laughs> He's awesome. He actually got me in the business. Really? Um, yeah. And did you guys, yeah. you guys bonded through amateur wrestling? Yeah. You know what? I used to watch Kurt. Kurt's not, he's not too much older than me, but um, I watched Kurt when I was in high school. I had a tape of him when he won nationals in college. So, wow. And I loved it because I was like really into wrestling and I won nationals a few times when I went. So I wanted to emulate Kurt and I, I just loved his intensity, his work rate and everything like that. Yeah. So when I went to college, he was in the Olympic training center. And then after, when I got out of college, I went to the Olympic training center. He was in WWE. When he was in WWE, I, I watched him also because I was a pro wrestling fan also. So I was like, Oh sweet. One of my favorite amateur wrestlers is a pro wrestler. And then yeah. Kurt just blows up. Now, Kurt comes back to Olympic Training Center to do a vignette and for WWE. And when yeah. he was down there doing the vignette, he saw me. He was like, wow, man, you look great. You got a great body, great build. Um, um, you ever think about doing professional wrestling? And I was like, man, just Kurt Angle. <laughs> but we exchanged numbers at that time. He gave my number to Briscoe. And um, he was like, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit. So we talked and and um, he's the one that actually opened up that door to get me through Briscoe and then get me in. So that's awesome. I was an amateur wrestler in high school as well. I got third in state in the Catholic division. So I don't know what that means, but I uh, I definitely lo- I definitely lost to everyone that was like deaf, really talented. I was 38 yeah. and eight. Now I'm now I'm humble bragging. But the eight people yeah. that I lost to, um, they were what we call talented. So that was very good. When it comes to amateur wrestling, though, what is that transition like from pro wrestler to amateur wrestler? Because obviously the product is really different. 
The event is really different, but do you actually take some of your amateur wrestling technique and skill and does that translate itself to pro wrestling? I, I think so, uh, because when I first came in and, and I, I mean, there was a transition story with me going through a bank robbery and all that stuff, which I told like a million times. So I'm going to skip past it. Yeah. But when I came in because of my amateur wrestling background, you know, fireman's carries are very natural. Yeah. And then the falling part was natural. Rolling through was natural. These are things that we did all the time. So but but you have to almost take and you almost have to use that. But you have to kind of like do the opposite. Because I remember when I first started, I came out there and the minute I started, I'm down in, in that wrestler stance. Yeah. And Taker grabbed me and he was like, you can't do that. He said, he said, we're, we're performers. We're, we're, we're larger than life. I need to see all of this. This, right. you can't see all of that. Okay. So that was one of the things that I had to like, because naturally, anytime you go through stuff, you're already there. 20 years yeah. of doing this, it's hard to just shake right away. So I had to always like tell myself, you know, get back, relax. And then another thing is the, the speed uh, with amateur wrestling is so damn the whole time. These guys, oh, yeah. oh, slow down, bro. Slow down. And, and let things digest. So there was that transition of using both of those. Yeah. But I think the basis, I think um, if you look at the lineage of pro wrestling, it, it, it dates back to amateur wrestling and catch wrestling and, and all that anyway. So I think most of it just kind of relates. It's just that you have to make it more theater and play to the crowd more. Yeah. And I know the more that we're kind of finding out now, specifically, you mentioned Undertaker again, as his career is sort of now in its, in its twilight. I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's going to be inducted uh, this year, I believe. Um, but now he's sort of we're we're starting to hear some of the stories uh, from Undertaker. And, and Kane told a great story about how Undertaker taught him so much in the ring as well as they were kind of wrestling. What does that mean to you as a wrestler when you have somebody like The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, the dude is a legend. He doesn't have to help out anybody, but he chose to be like, nope, that's not right. Let's do it like this. And everything that he's doing, everything he's saying is trying to make you better, not trying to like screw you over or stab you in the back and make you have a bad match or shit like that. Like, can you talk about what, what does that mean to you when somebody like that says you are great? Let's make you even better. Yeah. You know what? This is one thing when you're talking about the locker rooms and not to say it doesn't happen in this locker room, but when I first started, our, 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 the, the roster was stacked. You had like Benoit's, you had Guerrero's, oh you had Undertaker, yeah. JBL, Booker T, Fit Finley, Regal. You had, you had, and, and man, and I'm going to miss a bunch and I'm going to feel yeah. bad about it because you had Helms and it just kept going. There was so many different people on that roster. Kane was on. There was so many different people on that roster. And the cool thing was when you came out from your match, it wasn't like everybody's still just sitting at the monitor. Yeah. I always had somebody come over to me and they offered different suggestions to me, which I thought was cool. You know, for me coming in, when you come out of the curtain, you have like somebody like Taker be like, hey, man, come here for a second and tell you something. It's like the first because really. When you first get in, you're, I'm still I'm still a super fan. So I'm looking yeah. at this. I'm like, <laughs> Taker. <laughs> like, I don't even know what he said. I was like, well, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. You know, and then you had your Booker T's. You had, you had your oh, Mark Henry's. You had all these different guys. And no one, not one of those guys, to me, felt like they would turn a shoulder. Mm-hmm. Benoit's, Regal's, Fit was like freaking amazing. Yeah. Fit Finley's one of the, like, amazing at things that he would tell you to do. JBL kind of like held my hand halfway through it. You know, so it was, it was super cool because everybody always wanted to make the show better. 
Yeah. They always, they looked at different matches and they, and they would always offer suggestions. So everybody was just trying to make it. Was there one suggestion that made it all like click together? Like what was just as an example, because it's so fascinating. I don't, I don't even know what this would be, but like, what was there one suggestion where you're like, this one just brings everything together. Like one major thing or one major piece of advice that that really helped you along the way that could maybe help some other aspiring professional wrestlers or whatever, because these, uh, you know, things can be translated in many different professions. Um, take your job seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. That yeah. was a hard thing for me. That's a good one. That is a hard thing to do. <laughs> and then it's like an oxymoron, isn't it? Cause it, cause you're thinking about it, you're like, so what do I take seriously? Or what do I not take seriously? Because when you go out there, like you said, you know, there's people watching and you don't want to screw up. There's a lot of things, but the biggest thing is, is like we as performers, you got to think everything we're thinking about in that ring, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, and if we have something that we want to do or a certain way that we want to do it, if it doesn't turn out, we're only thinking about that way. Right. Whereas there could be a multitude of, of different emotion that come out of it from the crowd, from seeing what happened. We want you to feel a certain way, right? But you may feel something completely different and we're waiting and we're hoping, and we're trying to pull this out of you, but you could be like completely different. So some people are like, let's just think about reactions. Yeah. Or let's just think about just going out there and then letting them feel what they want to feel and stop trying to force things out of people mm-hmm. and just have fun. So, you know, a lot of times people can read your emotion. Right. So like with, with this Meisner technique that I've been doing and I've been doing for a little while, I love it. Um, it's, it's the art of being. Okay. So when I go out there, I just, I just put my, like, I've been coming. Some of the people that talk to me that know me, they're like, man, you look so my sister, you look so mean. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself there. So I feel it. So it's not so much. I'm not worried about how many moves I can do, what kind of flips or anything like that. I'm just like, I need to play this character. I need to have them feel that I want to rip this dude apart. Right. Well, that's interesting. So is it more when you come out on uh, when you when you hit the stage and the music is hit, the audience is going crazy. It's do you find that you're more of a blank canvas and you're allowing the audience to kind of put their own little dots on you and kind of yeah. draw on you a little bit, or as opposed to just coming out as a fully formed piece of art, just be like, this is what you're going to get. Uh, I suppose the, the, the former would make it more alive, I suppose. Yeah. 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 So for me right now, I'm not a good guy or a bad guy right. because when I was with Miz, like you said, everybody wanted me to beat Miz up. Love yeah. it. But if I go against Keith Lee, everybody wants Keith Lee to beat me up. Right. And then if I go against Drew, they want, so it's, so for me, I'm not worried about it anymore. I am, I am who I am. So when I walk out there, I'm focused on the guy that I'm wrestling. And, and for me, I like to go down there. And when I walk down the ramp, going to that guy, <laughs> bad things going through my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it helps me get into it, but man, yeah. I'm like, but at the same time, you can look at it in several different ways. Like a, a pile of money standing right behind Miz, and Miz is standing right there in the ring. All I got to do is take him out and I get to do better things for my kids. <laughs> so it's a mentality. So I get into it um, as a heel. I don't think you should be trying to force it out of crowds. Cause you know, if you go like this, the crowds go like that. It's yeah. like, no, some of the greats that you learn from, they just can, they can pull emotion out of just anything. 
Oh my goodness. Daniel Bryan is I mean, that's, that's the art, good. right? That's it's that's the art. that's the art. It's that's the what art. makes it. And that's why I think that's why people are so passionate about it. Because I also think as a fan, sometimes you don't realize how emotionally invested you are until it's too late. You know, right. a, until it's like you're past the point of like, oh my, I am, I am, there's, I've cried in wrestling matches before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like there's, there's been stories like there, I specifically remember Oscar Charlotte in uh, WrestleMania in New Orleans that I was crying. I was crying by the end of the match. We're just like, what is wrong? I'm crying at a WrestleMania. This is ridiculous. But also. It's powerful. <laughs> that's, that's the art of it. And not in a crying sense, but in a cheering sense, uh, when Kofi won the uh, the same title that you're holding there, I was at the event the following day at Barclays Center, and it was, you know, a 15-minute applause break. People were just so happy, and it was it's so real and so tangible, and I feel like, um, you know, that's what makes wrestling. That's yeah. the soul of wrestling. You know, all this whatever. I'm not going to say the F word, which is the word fake, even though I just said it, but it is very real because the emotion that comes – uh, from the the things that happen in the ring, they can totally transcend and change. They change people's lives, and yeah, they, they provide have. so much hope. Absolutely, absolutely, and that and that's the beauty of this sport, and that's the beauty of the way it happens. Like for me, winning the title, a lot of people said, "Well, you should win it at Mania or something." But the way that it was done, I liked it. The way that the story was, and the way that it was kind of like. A lot of people are like, ah, there's, he's not going to get by with the title. Right. And then they teased it and then we teased it more. And then towards the end, it's like, how is Miz going to get away with this? Is, is Brock coming out? Is, is Drew going to come out? Like, what's going to happen? And then when it happened, people are like, holy shit. Okay, we like that. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was a different kind of emotion. And and when when that happened and, and, I, and our, our social media guy said, you know, it was the amount of engagements on it was astronomical the week afterwards. And he said a lot of, and most of it was positive, um, made me feel good. So that was like yeah. the emotion that we bring, but the Kofi thing, when Kofi came, you know, it was, it was that buildup and I loved the way that they do it. Cause they kept taking it away from us and taking it away from us. And it got to that point where everybody's like, you better give it to us now. Yeah. And it was perfect with Dan Bryan because he's the perfect person to go with. And the story was awesome. Like it was it very, was awesome. very emotional. It was very real. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you think it's easier to be a heel or do you be loved as a face? What what is uh, Ooh, because you're ghost. such an yep. affable 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 uh, man? You're you're like you're I'm no I'm not trying to do but your smile is very nice. Uh, you have a very <laughs> you have a very smile. Yes, you you are. You I can feel it through the uh, through the internet. Um, so f- for you, like, what do you think is more difficult, heel or face? 
you know what? And this is, I, I told somebody this before and it's hard to explain for this society. I am a heel for society before I am a baby face. Hmm. This society across the board, the people that we enjoy, the people that we like, the people that we cheer for aren't necessarily the person that, that I don't want to say should be there, but is that champ. It's Mm -hmm. social media is different. Like I want to like you in order for you to be the champ, not in order to look at them. Cause it's obvious. Like if you stand next to another person, a lot of people that wrestle is like, who wins that fight? And they didn't know either one of them. I'd get picked every time. Right. But the wrestling fans, it's not that way. It's more of like a popularity thing to a certain extent um, because it is bringing that emotion out. So some people are going to gravitate more towards being that baby face. Yeah. The heel part is easier for me in this society because I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I just have right. to be me and I'm a heel. Yeah. If I want to be a baby face, I have to work towards being a baby face. But in real life, I am a baby face. You're such right. a baby face. Right. I was going to say, I'm like, I. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of lost my, my train because well, I was going like, to a whole different thing. What's your, but what's your personal feelings on that being, because this is reflective, right? I'm trying to put this together. So you feel just as a society, we viewed you as a heel when it comes to WWE. And, and society. that. As a society. And so for you, being a heel is actually just something you fit right into, even though it's not an appropriate depiction of who you are as a person. Yes. Yeah. And I'll let you throw names out because I'm not going to because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, Who are some of the most popular people in the world right now? Oh, my goodness. They're all heels. Well, I mean, who's, who's the most popular reality show family? Oh, heels. the Kardashians, Kardashians, of course. I mean, oh, it's certainly damn. not, it's oh. certainly not Chrisley Knows Best. And the only reason I know about Chrisley Knows Best is because on Monday Night Raw, I've never seen the damn show and I never do want to see the show. And as far as I'm concerned, the man's kids should be taken away. <laughs> well, whatever. Yes, and no, what, you're right. And what do they, do? They, they, love, they love to hate. They love to hate the Kardashians. Everyone loves to hate the Kardashians. And, and yeah. to that point as well, I was speaking with a social media influencer, Humble Bragg, talking about the Logan and Jake Pauls of the world. Uh, I believe yeah. it was jake or i think it was jake that unfortunately knocked out nate robinson oh that was sad poor nate slam dunk champion i'm a knicks fan so he's always the slam dunk champion to me and fuck all the pulse but they are making millions of dollars playing the heel what do you is that i don't know well that's much bigger than but i mean i don't know what that means for society i have no clue what does that mean like where are we that we're glorifying the worst people yeah. And I mean, obviously, everyone was cheering for Nate in that fight, but I don't yeah. think he's gotten up yet. Yeah. So if you go through and you say, like, OK, for me, and I'm not even saying me because I'm not I'm not praying and pleading and begging for it, but I'm a single father, graduated college with honors, one nationals, a four time All-American, one nationals three times. Um, I, I train my ass off in the morning. I'm waking up doing exercise in the evening. I'm training. I'm doing acts class in the night. I, I mean, I'm doing everything. I don't really train. I don't. I, you know, and Katie I am, is still rolling her <laughs> eyes. Like, at the I, am so, <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just wanted you to feel bad. That's why I did it. I just, Mission <laughs> accomplished. When the minute I started really watching your interviews and going back through Bobby Lashley history. I was just like, how do I take back? Why do I like you? Take those stupid national championships, you stupid dad. I could have gotten national championship if I would have just been, I could have done it. 
I have none of those accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I'm okay with that because this is how the society is. And the society is, is something else. And it's not saying that those people aren't doing something. They are mastering something. They're mastering the art of engagement with people. So it is a different art and it's something that they work on daily. Right. So a lot of those people that are super popular are super popular for a certain reason. And people like it because they've mastered what they are as being super popular. I mean, I'm not going to pick out different people from our rosters, but there's certain people that you say that were champions. You say, if you put him in a lineup with all the other champions, they would not pick him as being a champion. Oh, of course. He made himself a champion because he overcame some obstacles. And that's what our society likes. Our society likes some guy that probably shouldn't be there but he overcame a lot of obstacles to get there and he did it. So we want to cheer for this guy. So I understand and I get it. Yeah, That's why I'm a Sami Zayn fan. I feel like he is really funny and I think he's a total jackass and everything he does annoys everybody. And I'm like, that reminds me of me as a kid. I think I better like that guy. Um, And Miz also Miz, you like Miz? Do I like the Miz? No, I like you killing the Miz. I have no, I don't like these reality shows. I would obviously, if I met Mr. Miz, I would love, I I have nothing, but I know Katie's a reality television show producer. Um, (laughs) But, uh, and of course, the fact that the Miz talked about being a pro wrestler on a reality show and manifested itself in reality, again, nothing but love. That's the, that's the base is always like, hats off. You made it happen. You said it out loud and you made that shit a reality. You know how many people don't? Congratulations. That's my thoughts okay. on that. But do I want to see the Miz get his ass kicked every week? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so you love him. I hate him. You love, love he to loves hate to hate him. I hate to hate him and I hate everything <laughs> about hating him. Okay. But okay. So, what would he have needed to do before that? So, if we would have just taken the reality show stuff completely out of it and he was just a regular guy and he went through and he came through it, would you like him more? Is it just the reality show stuff? Because well, that would I'll entirely change who he is as a person, wouldn't it, Mr. Lashley? And that's that to say, I don't, as all politicians, I don't dabble in hypotheticals. <laughs> because in that, in that case, you can't, I can list off a whole bunch of people that you should not like because they really don't have a background but pro wrestling. So if you take his reality show away, he went into pro wrestling, he busted his ass, he learned, and he got himself popular, and he basically... I mean, one of the best heels in the game he because is. you hate him. So he's doing his job. He's rich. He has a great life. Oh and he my has God. two shows going on. That's got like nine reality shows. <laughs> but you know, that is my favorite form of revenge is just success. And if you're the Miz, yeah. he is laughing every single night with his yeah. beautiful family and his beautiful <laughs> wife. And, uh, yeah. you know, so he is definitely winning as I play Madden and, uh, and drink, uh, you know, probably too much vodka alone or something. But that is, man, thank you so much for being with us, Bobby. This has been so oh. fantastic. And and just, I guess just lastly, kind of a, a larger issue. Um, but I I was just so impressed with the WWE specifically when it comes to a lot of, we're talking social things here. When it comes to a lot of the social um, things that are happening, we obviously have the George Floyd trial that's going to be happening in Minneapolis starting really soon um, with the officer Derek Chauvin. There's, it's, there's so much pain and so much hurt in this country right now. What did you think when uh, Vince and the WWE uh, allowed for people like Keith Lee to wear Black Lives Matter on their uniform and and things like that? Are you encouraged with where specifically pro wrestling has gone when it comes to uh, fairness? Yeah. Um, One thing, one thing that with the hurt business, let me, let me go with the hurt business real quick. 
the herb business is something that I, I passionately wanted to put together. I wanted to bring P in. I wanted to, um, Sheldon was there and, and then bringing up um, Cedric. <clears throat> the one thing that we wanted to make sure with that was, is that the quote, like we come with suits on. We want to yeah. be represented that way. We're not the nation. There's nothing against the right. nation. And we, we didn't want to be just like any black stereotypes. Right. Like I'm, I'm a grown ass man, you know, and for me to put on a nice suit coming into work is something that I would do. Yeah. Same with, same with MVP every day. Sheldon dresses down a little bit more comfortable and Cedric also, but being in this group, we wanted to be portrayed a certain way and the WWE allowed us to. And I, I really, really like that. And I, and I like the time. And another thing is that I think that's real cool. Cause there's some guys that are on the roster, white guys or, or some of the other guys when they have different, questions about different things because sometimes if you don't really know you don't know it's not that you're racist you just don't know yeah Um, some of those guys have reached out to us myself um some of the guys on my team kofi some of those guys and they ask they say hey guys what do you think about this situation what do you think if i say this because we are in a sensitive time right now where people are um you got to watch what you say because there are a lot of people that are hurting for several different reasons exactly Um, so a lot of the people that are rosters i consider my brothers now I've came to us and I, and I really respect that because yeah. if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And of course the juxtaposition with the hurt business compared to the yellow brick road, that new day comes out throwing pancakes, having <laughs> big, you know, uh, the, the, the cereal boxes and everything is flamboyant and fun. <laughs> and that, and that's a whole nother kind of breaking ground when Big E, this jacked up dude who I saw, yeah. I just watched the tape of him setting the bench record at John Cena's gym. The dude is, He's and an then animal. you see him on stage and you're like, He's wearing, he's the cutest man I've ever seen. So (laughs) it's great that there's a, it seems as if there is more of a wealth of, uh, of different characters, not just the the same. And uh, that, that is, uh, that's awesome because that is uh, the truth. And that's what we have to continue to represent. And uh, Mr. Lashley, you represent the best of the WWE, WWE champion, Best of luck, man. The triangle of beef. Don't forget about this match. Drew, Bobby, and Brock. Ooh, yes. that would be amazing with a little bit of brawn thrown in. I don't Sheamus. think the re- Don't forget about Sheamus. I am still mad at I'm still mad at Sheamus for the Jeff Hardy storyline because uh, Jeff Hardy is one of my favorites, and I took that too seriously. Because Jeff, I'm kind of a little deep. I was saying he's great, so you just said he's great. No, I said I hate him, and just stop trying to flip everything. Because what he did with Jeff Hardy, and then with the urine, my God, it's kind of. That's why I love it. The fiend is from hell. We got drug testing. We got everything under the sun. Which is why pro wrestling is the best, and which is why you are the best of the best of pro wrestlers. So thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's been an honor. Dude, thank you so much, uh, Bobby. We really appreciate you, and uh, I hope to see you. And um, I know, uh, well, anyway, this has just been a massive honor to speak with you. Is WrestleMania the first show in a year with a crowd? Yeah, yes. It's going to be so fun. Yes, oh my God. Yes. And oh, Florida's nice. o- everything's opening up. Hopefully we have a big crowd. Oh, oh my, my you are. Dude, it's going to be. I can't wait. We're starting to go on the road again, too, with our show. So we're booking. We might actually do Red Rocks, which is like a dream come true. It's this big ass venue. Oh, um, yeah. And it's going to be. I can't wait. to. I just can't. There's going to be a lot of energy coming up. Second half of 2021. I can't wait. And 2022, we're going to have so much fun. When you're Red Rocks, please let me know. 
I want to yes. go up there. It's it's awesome. It's 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 awesome. It's right down the street, forty five minutes away from my house. I will. Oh I'll let God. you know for sure. That's I'm there. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thank, Thank you guys. You. All right, there was our conversation with Bobby Lashley, WWE champion, the Almighty. That was unbelievable he's, and he's just a kitten. He was the sweetest man, and I and, and I so take smart. back every uh, rude <laughs> thing that I probably wouldn't say to anyone in real life. I've now been called on my shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I apologize. Look, I haven't seen another human being in a long time. I know. I won't. Make excuses, but <laughs> I humbly apologize. I eat my words. Well, uh, he absolutely deserves that championship belt. And watching his other interviews and even talking with him now, he is a phenomenal role model he's for a champion. Like yeah, that he's mentality, awesome. he just is, he's just nonstop. Yeah, he is nonstop. He was awesome. Um, let's see here. Well, we are good. We're going to wrap up the episode. I, I'm just going to say that was the wrestling play of the week. Us talking to Bobby Lashley. That was the blast from the past for it's us. That's what, uh, the whole thing was. But let's do play of the week. Why not? So okay. this is Katie. What is this? This is an NHL play. It's an NHL play. And we have um, someone that's been emailing us. Yes. I think his I believe is I call him Hockey Nick. Hockey um, Nick. Okay. And so we're going to talk about hockey. We're going to talk more. about hockey. And he gives very detailed reports. They don't go unread. Um, okay. And this is, I believe, an Islander game from this past week. And it's just like a goal between the legs. I don't even know how to describe it, but the commentators do a better job than I do. All right. Let's listen to it. The goal between the legs. The Sabre defenseman. Watch this move. He's got his help. And then to have the wherewithal to slow down and know where that goaltender's going. He's got him coming all the way across, and Barzell stays in control. And There it was, this week's play of the week. It was impressive. And just a side note, if you want to watch some great pro wrestling, check out 2004 Unforgiven. Uh, Chris Jericho and uh, and Christian have a fantastic ladder match. That's totally badass. So, All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to Kind of Fun this week. We will be back with you next week. And never forget, hail yourselves. We will talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If I would have kept making only the minimum payments on my credit cards, my debt would have taken me 47 years to pay off. These are real National Debt Relief customers. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get out of debt by myself. Credit card, medical, or personal loan debt? National Debt Relief negotiates with your creditors to reduce what you owe. National Debt Relief got me out of debt. You could be debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months. Visit nationaldebtrelief.com to learn more and get started. nationaldebtrelief.com.